Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I came in to work this morning and um, I'd received numerous emails from people yesterday afternoon, last night and overnight into this morning as well. Uh, People talking about their experience of being bullied in the health service. Nurses, some former nurses and also healthcare professionals. And um, to be honest, I was actually fairly gobsmacked by the response that we've had to this yesterday and today on the show and I spoke to Kate on the programme yesterday. She's the person who highlighted this and asked for for this particular conversation um, to take place. And the thing is, like people say they've been bullied. Um, they've gone to their managers to report it and nothing has been done. And then other people in emails today tell me that they even went further up the chain. They went to senior management and again, nothing happened. Nothing changed and nothing was done. And others talk about having gone through the the actual procedures, the the protocols that the HSE talk about, that they outline and again, nothing happened. So what's going on in the health service? How, if, if these emails are anything to go by yesterday and today with so many people outlining their experience of being bullied in our healthcare system, how does nobody up the chain high up the chain seem to be addressing this or know anything about it. This is the part I can't get my head around today. Like if there's this many people, if these emails are all right from listeners, how is how is nobody talking about this or addressing it? Like people have to be aware of this. They must be aware of it. There's no way that people couldn't be familiar with what's happening when you look at the emails that we're getting in here to the programme over the past 24 hours. And it's absolutely shocking that it isn't being dealt with because we were all the bunch of people who went out and stood in the front doorstep and did a round of applause and we clapped and rightly so for the HSE during the pandemic. Well, where's the show of support for the healthcare professionals now? Like, where's the support for them? Because they all say they're reporting this and nobody's doing anything about it. So I, I'm absolutely baffled by this, that over the past 24 hours, this amount of people are getting touched. And I mean, it's a real considerable number of people contacting us. Some who were new to the profession, others who went back, um, who went back even in later life and got into nursing or other healthcare allied areas of the uh, of the sector. Others that are at retirement age and say it's been an age old problem. It's going on years. Well, Lunchtime Live is going to show our support. For the nurses, for the healthcare professionals today, I want to listen to your stories. I want to hear your stories. I want to talk to you today about this. We've contacted the HSE. We'd love to talk to you. We've contacted the INMO. We'd love to talk to you too. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com, though, that is the email address if you want to join us and share your experience of bullying in our healthcare service on the programme today. Olivia is with us on the line. Olivia, your voice is being altered. What's your experience of bullying in the workplace? I'm a senior clinical therapy manager and over the years, I suppose, I've felt that the HSE workplace has become increasingly toxic and dysfunctional and there have been significant episodes of bullying which people are very reluctant to report in the first place and... When it's reported, it appears not to be taken seriously. 
So in your inst- in, in c- can you give me an example, Olivia, maybe of some of the, the types of experiences that you're talking about? Okay, so one very um, striking example is where I, as a clinical therapy manager, was instructed to release staff uh, to non-clinical duties to a COVID testing centre. Now, this was absolutely compromising the staff, my staff's clinical duties to their patients. So I um, wasn't in a position to fulfil this request. So this resulted in my having a number of meetings with senior management, at which in the final instance I was told I would be stood down unless I acceded to their irrational request. So I followed this up with a grievance procedure which um, resulted in a number of meetings with senior management um, when the, the, the perpetrator, if you like, was um, confronted by um, her senior line manager. This person had no recollection of the incident having occurred. So, in other words, it became a, a case of she was believed and my um, my version of the, the story wasn't believed. So it, it was a very, very stressful situation. My staff were exposed to that uh, level of bullying as well, and they witnessed it. But again, um, people are kind of reluctant to call out this bad behaviour. Mm. Um, as I said in my email, if you do call out unacceptable behaviour, it's called unprofessional and you're seen as being off message in some respect. Off message and unprofessional. They're the, the, the phrases that have been used. You know, I've been instructed to, to put a glass on things and, um, yeah, I suppose our... Our managers, because they have some sort of budgetary control, uh, so when we request maybe essential clinical resources or essential training, they can um, refuse it because they have the ability to do that. And again, as clinical therapy managers, we're in a, a situation where we really have no grounds to appeal it or no ability to address that at a higher level. So it feels quite an unsafe um, workspace. You know, and at the centre of all of this should be our ability to deliver a good quality evidence-based mm. service to our clients who are vulnerable and in need of our services. And so I think it, it creates, um, as I said, an unsafe clinical space to work in. So Olivia, because I, like I know if the HSE or somebody from the INMO were here today with us, they'd say, you know, we have procedures in place, there's protocol. If somebody is um, dissatisfied with the response they've got from management, there's steps that can be taken. But you've actually gone through this process before. I've gone through the process and found it absolutely unsatisfactory, you know, to the point where um, if if other staff members were contemplating taking the grievance procedure. 
I really would advise them against it because it absolutely isn't fit for purpose. And um, no senior management in the HSE would agree that it's not fit for purpose, but there is nothing else. And it seems to to favour, it really seems to favour the bully. So the person who feels they are being bullied is seen as the, the disruptor, if you like, mm. the person, as I said, who, who's off message. It mo- it, it, what sort of a, a work environment, Olivia, does this bring with it for you? You know, like even heading off into work today or I don't know if you're out and about in the field or in an office, but like day to day, what's the impact of this on you personally? Well, day to day, is, it's extremely demoralising. Um, you feel in every encounter with, with management, it feels like a battle. And it shouldn't be like a battle. We, you know, as I said, our staffing hasn't increased in 12 years. And yet we see a hugely disproportionate uh, increase in the staffing of um, non-front-facing clinical staff. Do you feel well, let down, Olivia, in your profession? Absolutely. Yeah. But more importantly, it's, it's our patients who are let down because their care is compromised by the failure of the HSE to adequately resource clinical therapy departments. And I don't say that lightly. So if if they're um, consistently increasing non-front-facing clinical roles and jobs and creating more and more of these roles, there has to be an opportunity cost. And that opportunity cost is the failure to recruit or to approve mm. new posts for clinical therapy. So we, 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 we don't have enough boots on the ground. We've, we've, we're recruiting too many managers. Absolutely. If under a freedom of information, um, if a politician asked that question, you know, the, the organogram that will be produced will be absolutely clear. You were listening to this discussion um, yesterday, Olivia, I spoke to Kate on the programme and oh, I read out numerous emails and I came out of the show yeah. yesterday afternoon and there was more and in there was more in the, yesterday evening I had a look. What made you get in touch having heard that discussion yesterday? Like what, what, what I suppose inspired you today, Olivia, to speak out against this? Um, I suppose it's, it's years of um, feeling you're sort of battling against a system that isn't that isn't person-centred, where the patient is never at, at the core of, of what is happening in the HSE. You know, there's, a, there's this sort of corporate language that is spoken, which has no place in a health service. I mean, the purpose of a health service is to mitigate against the inequalities that, you know, socioeconomic and... and um, um, disadvantage mm. bring. And we have we as clinical therapists, we have the the opportunity to make a difference in our patients' lives by reducing those health inequalities. I noticed in your email, Olivia, that you know you, you talked about I suppose loyalty to to your your own, you know, people that that, that you work with, staff, sure. colleagues as well. Do you feel there is that you know you like you I know you, you want to be loyal to them. 
I want to be loyal to my own staff, you know, and they expect that loyalty from me. So, you know, I feel I let them down because every request I make of senior management to improve our services and improve the services we deliver to our patient is simply met with a refusal. And yet, as clinical therapy managers, we have absolutely no, we've no budgetary autonomy, We've no autonomy in regard to um, staffing or the creation of new posts. You know, how can mm. we, you know, why do why does the HSE set their bar so low? So it's all talk of waiting lists. If if your waiting list for an assessment, say for a child of, of two who has a query of an autism spectrum disorder, so if you say your waiting list is only 12 months, you know, that isn't a quality service. Mm. That isn't a timely service. You know, and we go, we talk about timely care, timely place, or right place, right time, right care, under slaunch care. We can do all of that and provide a high quality service if we have the staff. Do you, do you think the health minister and 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 to be fair to Stephen Donnelly um you know this is it's up to the HSE you know to 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 run and deal with the allegations or complaints of poor management or or bullying and that kind of thing but do you do you think are people aware of the extent of this behavior that seems to be going on Olivia I think people are you know but people are very reluctant to call out these behaviours. And sometimes it can be maybe a little bit subtle or a little bit nuanced, but, you know, if if we are prevented from providing a service to the people we need to serve and that the HSE needs to serve, you know, it doesn't inspire any confidence. Olivia, I, I want to thank you today for getting in touch with us and for speaking to us as well because I, I know it's not I know it's not easy um, but you've done a great service today and well, I want to thank you. you for doing that and I appreciate your giving all of us who you know do feel in a in an unsafe situation the HSC for the opportunity to speak out absolutely mind yourself Olivia and thank you for joining us here on Lunchtime Life thank you Andrea Another email in from a listener here to the programme. Um, I'm a nurse and had to leave my job last summer due to ongoing bullying. I was bullied by another nurse at the same level. A senior nurse left the position by the bully. The bully came to me and asked if I would apply for that job working with her. I thought she liked me and I wouldn't experience this bullying myself. It was a full-time position, so I took the job with another nurse to to job share the full-time gig. And after years of trying to put up with her bullying uh, behaviour to me um, and my job sharing colleague, both had to leave due to bullying. That was three nurses in total that recorded bullying to HR. Nothing done about it. The culture has to change with more awareness and support available to anyone experiencing bullying in the workplace. This was in a public hospital in Dublin. It's actually known, notorious for bullying to staff there. I've witnessed so many nurse friends leaving to go to work elsewhere and even to stop nursing. I want to remain anonymous. Another email just in from this listener. Um, I listened with interest to the piece and and can confirm the contributions 
from your contributors. Bullying in our hospitals is endemic and the cause of much upset and mental health issues. Student nurses and midwives are especially vulnerable in this regard as they rely on those uh, very bullies to sign them off during their placements in hospital. College personnel don't provide the necessary support and this then compounds the problem, leaving students isolated and feeling so terribly confused. I have personal experience of the same and following my qualification, I retrained as a psychotherapist providing support to those impacted by bullying. Shame on those who stand by and witness this damaging behaviour. It's totally unacceptable. Again, I wish to remain anonymous. Another listener, my wife, who still works in healthcare, was bullied continuously in a former role. She often arrived home upset, stressed, anxious, couldn't switch off in her time off. In one particular incident, she contacted the union, who were very willing to help, but she was strongly advised by the union rep that the complaint may ultimately block her chosen path out of the area. So she ended up dropping the complaint. She thankfully moved on to a more friendly environment within the sector. I suggested yesterday that she phone in and talk about her experience, but she was absolutely terrified of retribution if she did. My wife is part of a closed nursing social media page. It's normally a very active page with regular input from members, but the silence and the lack of comment on the piece yesterday was just palpable. The fear factor of raising issues like this is the most damaging aspect for all. It adds to the cycle of bullying and it means that it will just continue as is. I had huge respect to your caller Kate yesterday for her courage and what she did. This needs to be mirrored across the sector and there needs to be a major cultural change has to be implemented to stop the rot. Thanks so much for giving this platform. It's so badly needed. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We've been talking about bullying in the workplace, but specifically within the health care sector. And I have I've mentioned it um, earlier in the show and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this not to in any way sensationalise the issue, but I think it is it's warranted and it really um, it really drives home the impact that this is having on people because the amount of emails that we have received since we started talking about this yesterday is incredible. So it's an issue. We've asked the HSE if they'd like to talk to us in the programme. We've contacted the INMO. Uh, give us a shout. Please do if you want to join us because it's it's a problem in the healthcare sector. Barbara is with us on the line. Barbara, you were listening to Olivia there in the first part of the show today. Why did you get in touch? Good afternoon, Andrea. Um, I took early retirement because of bullying. A colleague of mine who was in her mid-50s took early retirement because of bullying. This, of course, jeopardises her to an extent, has an effect on her pension. But um, the bullying is rife within the nursing profession. Uh, I came from abroad and I I was appalled at the, the cowering nurses were subjected to. They, they, the bullying was just par for the course. Um, nobody had the courage to stand together. They don't. There is no solidarity within the nursing profession. I was a union representative for some years. It was like pushing a border up Mount Everest to try and get your colleagues to support you with anything. Everybody had their heads down. Now, I did report it officially in writing that I was being bullied. I never heard back. I didn't. I didn't. I did try to follow it through. Uh, I was told to to uh, behave myself more or less. Um, it's happening all the time, and until nurses learn to stand together, nothing will ever be done. I do know of one particular instance where a colleague 
who had been waiting three months for a reply to her official complaint, took legal action and she received compensation for it. I don't know if it changed the situation within her area, but at least she took some action other than relying on line management, because in some cases, in most cases, it's line management. They can almost deal with your own colleague if she's difficult. Mm. But if, if you go to line management and you're, you're ignored or worse, that's the most awful feeling that you have nobody there. There's nobody to support you. And I know of a number of my colleagues who have retired early because of this. Until nurses stand together. I don't believe it's a union issue. I think our union is very weak at the moment because over the past number of years, there have been threatening industrial action over oh, at least three times, I think, and each time they back down. You know, I'm, not, I'm not terribly militant, but I think if you promise or say something, here they're threatening again for more legal action, or at least they're... Uh, looking for the, the, the uh, numbers to see if they can actually take legal action or, or um, industrial action. It won't happen. Nurses won't take industrial action. They just don't have the courage. And I think in recent years, our union is not supportive of us. They're talking nonstop about the shortage of staff, and I'm going off the, the beam here now. But nothing's been done. They keep believing that oh, it will be better, it will be better, and they walk away and they tell their colleagues and they're... Uh, union members that it would be better it won't be better not until they go to the gate like they did in Australia and within something like 27 minutes given what they wanted so nursing generally in Ireland particularly is a very weak body of people who refuse to stand together and to take the action that is necessary. One of the things, Barbara, that has struck me um, from reading these emails that have come in, and I fully understand how difficult this is for people to to speak out about this on air, for the particularly if they're, you know, still working at the moment for fear yeah. of identification. And and I I I totally totally appreciate that. Um, but one of the things that, that there's two things that has struck me. N- number one, the amount of people who talk about being out sick on um you know uh, uh, mental health leave at the moment yes. and 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 this is in the context of an email around bullying that's the first yes. point because yes. yesterday we'd figures from the INMO white it was just so, it was something is it, it was thousands 10,000 or something I think I, I read yesterday of uh, people out sick at the moment I'm sure yeah. that probably flu and cold and the whole lot that goes with it but huge numbers of people out sick but yet this is something that's been highlighted that people who are being bullied in work nothing's been done about it and then they talk about having to you know take sick leave because they're, they're, they're dealing with the stress of it all and the other thing as well Barbara is people going to as you say go to their line manager you know to, to report the problem yeah. Yeah, and nothing's been done. Surely with the whole thing, you know, nowadays in HR and all the advice that we get and everything, there must be paper records of these complaints going in. There has to be. Surely. Uh, well, you know, there's a way around that too. They can disappear very quickly. You'd be amazed how adept these people are at, at covering their tracks. You would be amazed at it. So, um, yeah, I, and I, I was looked on as one of the, maybe the stronger people in the union. I had to take three weeks out at one point. And when my GP, I told him, and he said, I'd put stress down, Barbara. I said, no, under no circumstances put stress on that certificate. If they know that, they have me. Now, that was the attitude. And I had to put down a viral infection on my con- on, on my um, certificate. On your cert. Yeah. And, and most, you- yes, most do that now. 
And you see, if somebody had said to me up to yesterday, you know, such and such a healthcare professional is out sick due to stress, I would think that that's work, workplace stress due to the nature of the kind of work that you do. It wouldn't have crossed my mind, not to any great extent, that this is this could be stress coming from a bullying complaint not been dealt with. Most of it is. Most of it is. Yeah, most of it is. And until I think, I don't know if it's a union issue, but maybe they should consider it because... As I said, I find as a union rep of times past, I find the union very weak at the moment, very weak. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing. Now, I don't know if bullying itself is a a, a union issue. I think you first have to take the steps of going to line management and all that Mm -hmm. ridiculous stuff that has absolutely no effect whatsoever. You know, and then when you go to the union, maybe they will do something. I don't know, but I do think that solicitors are the only way around this. And I do know that my a colleague of mine, um, I only met her once ever, she took legal action because the, the HSE didn't take, didn't take her seriously. So she sued them. And for the three months that they delayed and dilly-dallied, she got 5000 each week, each month for the three months. She got 15000 as compensation. So, one, of the, one of the other points, Barbara, that's been made by people here today, there's more now and more emails coming in. I'm looking at them here and texts yeah. and the whole lot coming in from people. Uh, one of the points that's been made by many, though, is people talking about this pattern of bullying that's continuing. Like this listener, for instance, talks about training in the in the early 80s. Oh, yes. Um, yes. And they talk about that it's, it's a learned behaviour and it's just, it goes on to the next generation. That nearly true. every batch coming in. Very true. I know of a colleague's daughter who was training in one of the, the prestigious hospitals in Dublin where, where uh, charity was supposed to be the order of the day. She was ill and her friend contacted the mother and said, you know, my friend is sick, she wants to go home. So the mother rang the, the authorities within the hospital and said, I'm coming to take her home. The abuse she received on the phone, do you think we're not capable of looking after her? Do you, do you think this and that? Now I understand that the, the youngster, she was only 18, she was isolated into a sick bay, and she saw nobody unless somebody brought her meals. So the, the mother went to Dublin and brought her home. And when that youngster went back to work, she was a student nurse. The treatment she received was appalling. She was bullied. She was isolated. She was treated appallingly. You know, this kind of thing. People are appointed to positions of authority within the health service. They're incapable of doing it. Most of them are politically appointed. Most of those people, as in with the guards, you, 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 political loyalty is the, the way to get these appointments. And they're not capable. They're not experienced. They don't know how to deal with managers or manage and managerial roles. It's one thing being so, a nurse is a different thing being a manager. Being a nurse is a completely different thing, yes. But um, I don't know if it's going to change. I don't know if it's going to, maybe the union can move in and do something, but frankly, I can't see them taking any action of any kind now. How do you bring about this cultural change, Barbara? Because when pe- a lot of the stories that I see today um, and yesterday as well, people talk about, you know, the bullying, it's not physical bullying, it's this thing of undermining people, isolating so, people. It's so subtle, it is demoralising, it is demeaning, it is, uh, it's degrading, it is appalling. How do you manage it? Solidarity within the profession. That's number one. And that's something that has never, ever happened in Ireland. Everybody is afraid to show support for somebody who's complaining. You complain and your head is shot off. 
So who wants to support somebody who's in trouble? And until nurses learn to support each other, back each other up, and do the, the best you can for your colleagues because it's the only way yeah. to get rid of this illness, this sickness, this disease that's been the profession. It is absolutely appalling. And these, a lot of the examples that have been provided to me today from listeners, um, Barbara, people talking about it seems to be, well, people say it's common in these handover meetings that seem to happen where there's obviously a large crowd of people, you know, a, a group of nurses maybe that are finishing up one shift and, and the changeover has taken place and people been picked um, on. And It could be, if somebody wants to, to um, show what they think is authority, they can say something ugly to somebody in a group, to one person in a group. That's just, I think, people who do that have psychiatric problems. They're just throwing their weight around and they can't really handle their... They have an audience. You know, they have an audience, yes. But um, until the nurses stand together, nothing will happen. Nothing will change. But again, maybe if they, if they, they as a group, as a group, go to the unions. I mean... We all know of the, the, the uh, what happened at one stage when, when a nurse complained about a, a medical issue. Okay. And she went on and on and on for a while and she was told if she said it again, she would be dismissed. Well, and f- I, I see as well and I, I don't want to... And maybe we should. I don't want to name... Um, the, but there's, there's one particular hospital that in a lot of the emails it it's it's mentioned and it's named time and time again and actually one listener tells me that it's notorious for bullying in this particular hospital and everybody knows it. So if all yes. the staff and people coming to join this hospital or start a job in it know about yes. know that this is an issue how in the name of God do the HSE not know about it? How does nobody in HR and the HSE know about this? This what? is what I can't get over. What can they do? These people come out with a leaving cert and they're appointed there because they vote a certain way. They put into that. I have dealt with people in the health service. They don't know anything about it. They just, you know, there's, um, I suppose, they just work behind a desk. They don't know anything about these things. They don't know anything about it. And furthermore, they can't deal with it. They're not qualified to deal with it. These people are mostly clerical officers, clerical staff. They shouldn't be expected to deal with it. Mm, okay. You know, it, it, it's, it's wrong. People are in the wrong jobs, really. You know, but... Um, but you'd imagine yeah. somebody at the management when they, within these hospitals, they must hear about this in, in staff rooms or tea breaks or something. It, it, this kind of thing has to be talked Everybody about. Everybody knows the bullies. Everybody knows the bullies. Yeah, it's just unfortunate if you're working in her department. But again, maybe it's just a matriarchal thing. Maybe if we had more um, male um, colleagues dispersed around the hospitals, maybe that would make a difference. It might soften things. Okay. You know, but um, um, it's, again, I think it's partly matriarchal. It's just the fact that there are so many females and there is a lot of bitching going on with, with females. Right. But um, yeah, I, I don't have the answer. I just yeah. walked away. Ah, well, I have to say, I've, e- I've emails in from um, male colleagues or male, you know, male healthcare workers too, talking about, you know, th- th- they're getting the same treatment as well from some male bosses too. Again, don't want to be named and remain anonymous, but it seems to be in all, all, all genders from what I can see here in emails. Barbara, listen, thank you for, for joining us today, you know, and for getting in right. touch with us because it is, um, oh, it's, it's, it's serious, but I, it I can't see an end to it on this. 
the solidarity on this, the nurses stand together. Yeah. Okay. Listen, thank you, Barbara, for for your time today and for sharing your own experience with us in the programme. Um, this email now, here we are. I've a 50, I'm a 57-year-old nurse with a lifetime of nursing experience. Last year, my um, director of nursing demanded me to change my role, which would effectively mean that I would undertake altering critical patient medications, which at the time a consultant was doing. When I refused to undertake the position as it was totally outside of my scope of practice, the manager accused me of being unable to practice as a registered nurse. I advised her to speak to the consultant in charge of the unit that I worked in to seek their input. The consultant response was that the role should be consultant only. The bullying persisted after that because I didn't comply to the demand. I have now since left nursing at the age of 57. Another listener has got in touch here today. Email again. Uh, Thanks for highlighting this particular issue. My son left hospital medicine because of continuous bullying. He was a registrar and is the the brightest, most empathetic uh, person, very interested in medicine and medical work. He's a huge loss but couldn't continue with the culture in the hospitals. If you report or highlight this, you're not signed off. It's appalling what's going on and that's why so many young doctors and nurses are leaving in their droves. They're respected and they're treasured elsewhere. We're not dealing with bullying in this country. Keep your emails coming in to us. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Look, you want to chat to us, 1800-453-106. And as I said, again, we've uh, we've contacted the HSE and the INMO and we'd love to talk to both of you today on the programme about this particular problem that has been described by so many as a huge issue in the health service. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We've been talking about bullying in the health service and we've been chatting to nurses and other healthcare professionals and we've been hearing their stories and their experience of this. Um, Here's another one. I just came across the interview with the nurse and nurses who've been bullied and some who've since left the profession as a result. It actually mirrors my own experience. I am a recently retired nurse who was bullied for nearly 20 years in a toxic management culture. Initially, I didn't recognise it as bullying. It was under the radar, succinct and difficult to prove. I was under constant scrutiny, my work being questioned. I was on edge continuously. I failed to progress in my career because of the pressure, the stress, despite returning to studying in my 40s, to do an honours degree. I was put down, publicly demeaned at meetings, isolated, ignored by the manager and her cohort of supporters. I wasn't the only one who was bullied. Others moved on or left. And like the nurse that was interviewed, I sought help above from the managers in question, even with HR and the help of my union, only for it to go nowhere. I had to make it public. I put it in writing, have face meetings. If I was to get anywhere, I felt totally powerless. I'm writing this now and it's bringing it all back. The anger, the frustration that I felt for 20 years. I could write so much more. It was extremely toxic and damaging. And I know how that nurse feels. I truly do. Says this listener. Una is with us on the line as well. Um, Una, you've been listening to Olivia and Barbara and various different emails that I brought to listeners on the show today. Why did you get in touch? Um, Sorry, I'm a bit hoarse. Excuse my voice. I got in touch because I heard someone talking, I think, was it last week? And I just thought I have to give my story because um, I'm a member of clerical staff I just wanted to highlight the fact that it's across the board 
where I work. It's from the top down. It's not just nurses and medics. It's everywhere. And it's toxic. And it's rampant. And that letter that you or that email that mm. you just read out there, that girl was saying she was scrutinized. And that that's exactly what's happened to me. And it's by three people in my department. And I won't say who they are. No, no, don't they know. They know who they are. And they're in a managerial position. So where do you go from there, Andrea? And have you ever been able to ra- to, to raise this, um, Una, with yes. anybody or with HR? Yes. yes. Um, HR take their side. Um, I've been everywhere. I've been, I've had the union in. Um, now, this only started in the last four years with me. Four years is still a long time, Una. A very long yeah. time. A very long time. And I brought it home and it nearly destroyed myself and my husband. Um, and it's, it's when a new manager, a new head came in. I had worked, she was the fourth one. And HR had never heard of me until about four years ago. And when you say that, you know, this ended up obviously bringing it home naturally, sure, it, it must have been impacting you day to day. Of Una, course. But for your family as well, I mean, it, it must be hard for them very, to watch very, this. And Well, it nearly killed my husband. And I was screaming out in the night. I was so crippled with anxiety. And you just keep asking yourself, why do people want to hurt you like this? Why would anyone do this to another human being? You just can't figure it out. You can't, and you never will. Do you think people uh, people are aware, Una, of the extent of, of the because I like I certainly wasn't aware of it. Not, not I mean not to the level oh, yes. that we've been getting from yes, emails and texts. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's a culture. It becomes a way of life. It becomes the norm. And it's all about big establishments and little cliques and groups of people who get together and get nasty. And they think that's normal. And they never question it. And I would have no hand, act or part in it. But there's a lot of sheep, a lot of followers, Mm. a lot of people who would go along with stuff. They say, I'm not like that. I don't know whether they don't have a conscience. I don't know. It's not for me to work out. I just know that. I just hope this is stopped. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I I, I don't know what or how, you know, how it'll change or what will... I mean, some of the... Neither do I. Yeah, the emails we've had from people talking about this going on for 30 and 40 years. I mean, it's going on for some... Some of the stories that I've been reading here, you know... 
people talk about it going on through their, their entire professional career. When that nurse said 20 years, I just yeah. thought, how has she stuck that? Now mine, there was previous to mine, but then you see there's strength in numbers. So the one bully then had an ally. And then she it grows more, and grows. Oh, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's it's absolutely, Una, it's, it's, um, it's desperate the impact that this can have. And like, you know, we spend so much of our life in work, like it's where we are day to day. And like the, the nursing profession and healthcare professions are such difficult, tough jobs as it is without then not having this support, you know, from colleagues. And, and you're right to raise this too. And I see other texts coming in from people uh, talking about it's not just within nursing, also in other elements of the health service. Uh, please don't think that it's just nursing staff that are being bullied. Um, another texter has gotten in touch to say, I- I've been listening to the conversation today in work, sitting in a clerical office, and I too am experiencing the exact same thing as some of your listeners also working within the health service. Uh, this email here from a listener who says, I'm so glad this issue has been brought up as a HSE worker. I've been subjected to bullying. I've raised it with management. I've got no further. Was left feeling like I'd done something wrong by raising the issue. The perpetrator has since been offered promotion. And while I, on the other hand, am being deemed a troublemaker, other colleagues with similar problems also with this manager, they've raised it too and nothing's been done. Here's a text from a listener too. I work in a Dublin hospital. Uh, bullying, it's a big problem in the department. Lots of the staff have now left recently. They're afraid to give reasons for leaving because they feel threatened and want to avoid confrontational situations. There's also no exit interviews being done. I've personally reported an incident of bullying. Nobody has contacted me in relation to this, says this texter. Una, thank you for for getting in touch with us today on the program. And look, I hope you know that I hope there's some solution or resolution found to your own circumstances on the show. Um, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. That's the number if you want to get in touch with us. Um, well, I bring you another. Take I'll take another one of these emails here just briefly before we go. This listener says I was bullied for years by a new peer colleague who felt he should be managing me when he was at my equal level. Um, he would jeer at me in the office and make fun of me in the phone, asked for a meeting with HR to deal with it. They brought up the word bullying. I didn't. So they knew full well what was going on, but they took no action whatsoever. HR usually cannot be bothered dealing with this toxic person. And usually the victim of the bullying has to eventually leave for their own peace of mind, says this listener. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.